0: 91.1 Weagle presents the scoreboard with Bay, Marks, and Jacob Hillman. Your cars are welcome at 334-844-9345. Call now. You can follow Jacob and Bay on Twitter at Bay underscore Marks and at Jacob underscore Hillman 3. Now let's take a look at the scoreboard with Bay and Jacob. And welcome back into the scoreboard on WEGL 91.1 FM or if you're streaming live on WeagleFM.com, We welcome you back into what is sure to be an exciting semester here on the scoreboard. As always, Faye Marks and Jacob Hillman back at our normal time slot, Thursdays from 4 to 5. Yes, we are back at 4 o'clock on Thursdays, like the show used to always be. Um, But due to class scheduling, we were able to make it back into our original time slot. But Jacob, how are you? How was your break? And how are you feeling after Tuesday night in Tuscaloosa?
1: It's hard not to be. Absolutely ecstatic after Tuesday night, but happy new year to everyone. 2022. Man. Our last semester on the show. Yeah, that don't get – let's calm down there. We still got some exciting <laughs> things to start about before we get all sappy and anything. Yeah. That will happen on the Yeah, you know, – we'll probably do a Weagle 51st anniversary. Affirmative. Special.
0: Maybe a couple hours long worth of a
1: scoreboard. Well, we'll see. We might just take over Weagle for a day. Anyway, yes, I am very happy to be back, ready to get the semester started. First day of classes for me today. Don't have any Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. You know, got some lenient scheduling as a last semester senior, but good to be here.
0: Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, good, good schedule for the last semester for me as well. Um, not happy to end this show this semester, but that's a few months down the road. So we're going to enjoy every second on these mics as we can. Get a chock full episode for everybody today. Um, we're going to be recapping Auburn basketball since we left the airways last month in December. Uh, which was also uh, last year. Then we are going to talk about Tuesday night in Tuscaloosa. Later on, we will get into the college football playoff and Georgia being back on top of the college football world for the first time in 41 years. And then we will round the show out with some NFL playoffs and give our takes on those before those get underway this weekend. Um, So let's go back. The last time we were on the airways uh, was at the beginning of December. Auburn was facing teams such as UCF and Yale, you know, ranked in the – maybe lower half of ranked teams. Auburn is ranked 4th <laughs> and is undefeated in the league play and has 112 straight.
1: And looking to rise as Auburn has a chance to beat Ole Miss on Saturday and the last undefeated have gone down. So there's a chance Auburn moves on up but yeah, look Saturday first. So. Yes,
0: that w- that will come Monday. Uh its time will come. Saturday is a big road test which we'll get to also. Um but Jacob going back into this this slate of games that we were off the airways for. I mean, there were several notable games. Like I mentioned, UCF, a team that Auburn lost to last year. Auburn beats them in Auburn Arena. Auburn beats a strong Yale team um, out of the Ivy League that's probably going to win their conference. Auburn travels to Atlanta and plays Nebraska. Auburn sneaks out of St. Louis. Auburn beats Murray State at home. I mean, and they also get underway in league play um, against a strong LSU team, a strong Florida team. What really stuck out to you in that slate of games since we've been off the air um, that really gave you a strong impression about this Auburn Tigers team?
1: Yeah, and I, what I want to say is overall, because obviously I can say, man, Jabari Smith's awesome. Wendell Green's awesome. But leading, leading from that is just how guys step up in every single game. Dylan Carwell on Tuesday. And then you had guys uh, like Flanagan stepped up against Florida. You've had different games where different guys step up and play out of their minds. Sep Jasper at South Carolina played really well. That was his uh, season high in scoring. And Leor Berman hit a big shot against St. Louis when it mattered the most. So players like that stepping up in moments like that is what's impressed me the most is something that you need when it comes to March because it's do or die. And if, you're, if, so, if your best players having a bad game like Jabari Smith did, Uh, against South Carolina until the last seven minutes, then you need other guys to step up. Jalen Williams against South Carolina. Was it South Carolina? Yes,
0: with the dunk and everything. Yeah, he had had
1: his season high in points. Stuff like that is what I've been so impressed from this team to see, and and I expect to continue to see it.
0: Yeah, it's like the comment that Katie Johnson made after the Florida game. Um, He just said that this team was so special because anybody on any given night can step up and anybody on this team can start. Um, we've seen that with Wendell off the bench. Um, we've seen that Dylan Cardwell came in the other day, had a great game, and Jalen Williams and, and so on and so forth. So for me, the biggest thing in that stretch of games before Tuesday night um, was beating those teams like St. Louis on the road, like Murray State at home, teams like that that are more than likely going to win their conference, but also getting better while winning those games. We've seen different guys step up. KD Johnson went down with a slump for a few games, had guys like Wendell Green step up. You have guys like you mentioned with Jabari Smith in the South Carolina game. That's a tough environment that Auburn historically the last several years hasn't been able to win in. You had had several other guys step up in Jabari's absence of play. Um, So I think that was the biggest thing for me, was Auburn handling business against teams that are sneaky good, some quad one wins, even quad two wins. Um, and getting better in the process of doing it.
1: Yeah, right now Auburn is 4-1 and one in quad one games, that one loss being obviously UConn, 5-0 and oh in quad two.
0: Which they could have won that game.
1: That's huge. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So Auburn's ranked sixth in the net. At number th- LSU's number three. Yeah. Sole loss for them is Auburn. Exactly. So it is something that the resume is starting to shape out and it's starting to look really good for Auburn because yeah. a lot of the teams you mentioned, UCF, uh, they're on the bubble. Uh, there's other teams, St. Louis, on the bubble. They have chances to really improve and and really prove themselves to be a quad two or quad one win. So I, I, I'm looking forward to it. UConn is 16th in the net. So I'm really looking forward. The other team, Loyola Chicago. Yeah. 21 in the net. The last time Loyola lost, to Auburn. Yeah. Another great team that Auburn beat. In a neutral site. Yeah, in Atlantis in November. So, the yeah, Loyola's won nine straight games. So I, I'm looking at the resume from what – we've seen since we've been on the air and it's it's very healthy looking great it's very healthy looking great
0: see and there was a few people during that time frame that that were um a little hesitant about auburn's strength of schedule and the teams that were playing but as time has gone on which time is the real teller those are decent teams that auburn has beaten Um, and and the Loyola Chicago I'm glad you mentioned that one because that's a game that a lot of people have overlooked just because Auburn played so well in that game um, especially to close out the first half and in the second half I like that you pointed that out because that's going to be a huge win for Auburn come March
1: yeah you know I look at because the reason people talk about the certain schedules because oh Auburn has no ranked wins well all those now of course they do with LSU and Alabama Alabama, but before then Loyola they were receiving votes they're right there 26 27 looking ahead. Auburn plays Oklahoma in a few weeks. Oklahoma's 26. Right. And then UConn, they're right there about 30. A game that Auburn could have and maybe should have won. All those teams just happen to be right on the outside looking in at the top 25. Yeah. I think it's it's too early to talk about ranked wins, things like that. Yeah. The computer rankings is more telling yeah. than what the AP rankings are currently. Absolutely, yeah.
0: And there's just there's no doubt that Auburn does uh, have an impressive resume thus far in the season, uh, given what teams have played each other so far in and out of conference. It is no doubt that Auburn has definitely put together a very uh, very stout schedule and season so far up to this point. One thing that I do want to uh, say personally from this stretch that when we were off the air of games that Auburn played— You cannot go without talking about Walker Kessler and his game against LSU on December 29th, the second triple-double in Auburn men's basketball history. His stat line, he finishes with 16 points, 11 blocks. Uh, Initially only finished with nine rebounds. They went back in, saw that he did not get credited for one more rebound, giving thus the 10th rebound and a triple-double for him. So um, that was definitely a huge performance to start out league play for him.
1: Yeah, and I think that, because of the timeline we're in right now where Walker has not played great the last game he just did. It's, it, it's, it's interesting. I still think that Walker has a chance to be the second best player on this team. Oh, right, for sure. Behind Jabari. And it's going to be one of those things where he's going to have some games where he's in foul trouble. So be it. It is what it is. Because you've got guys like Dylan that will step up. Jalen Williams can play the center position. Yeah, I think we saw it if, the other night. I think if it comes down to it, Jabari can play the center position. You don't want that because of his game. But yeah. if you need to, he can do it. So I'm... And don't forget,
0: if you really need to, you still have
1: stretch. Of course, just of course. Cause. Of course. But, and I really think that Walker's going to have some of those games. But he's also going to have some insane games where he has a triple-double with blocks. I mean, what? That is incredible. So I, I'm happy with what Walker's done this year. He just needs to be uh consistent and even if you have these bad games so be it yeah he's gonna bounce back Saturday
0: yeah for sure and I think that's something during this stretch when Auburn played against Florida um you saw him struggle against Castleton Castleton is an experienced SEC guy um not a crazy good player Castleton did finish with 22 points uh two blocks one steal 10 rebounds he had a double double Walker in that game of course struggling with fouls He um, had only six points of his own, but he also put together eight rebounds. He fouled out of that game. Still had three blocks, um, but it was really up to Dylan uh, to try to kind of contain Castleton in that game, Um, which, to be completely honest, and I'm not trying to get ahead of myself because the Tuscaloosa talk is next segment, but that has been, honestly, in my opinion, something really valuable for Dylan. Dylan getting in, getting these huge SEC minutes, and showing up. I mean, he's not just there to fill space and to, to be there. He I would say for the most part pretty much contained Castleton as good as he could. And then at Tuscaloosa, handled it pretty well yeah, and very did. maturely.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's the thing is Dylan is still only a sophomore. Yeah, He didn't play his senior year of high school of basketball. Uh, we had these conversations last year during the Sharif Cooper season yeah. of I really like what Carwell's doing. He can really grow. And you're seeing it in front of your own eyes is, well, when he's surrounded by these great teammates and these great players, Things are starting to really—he's uh, starting to figure it out, and like I said, we're going to talk about it in the next segment. But you really saw it on Tuesday night.
0: Yeah, you did, and it's a very encouraging thing for Auburn, especially when Walker does get in foul trouble like that. Because I mean, that's bound to happen. Being seven he foot was. one and being as aggressive as he plays. Um, other things that we, that we really liked from the break, seeing Alan Flanagan return. Oh, my goodness. Um, Alan Flanagan, a preseason All-SEC player, returns uh, against Murray State on December 22nd. Obviously, does not have a crazy stat line. He only finished with three points. He did have four rebounds, though. But he has been getting back into the group for this Auburn team. And he, um, again, not trying to get ahead of ourselves, but knocks down some clutch free throws in Tuscaloosa. Point being, since Murray State... He has really knocked the rust off, and he has continued uh, to get back into this rotation and eventually become a starter again.
1: As you said, he's still not even – he's still getting back used to things. Yeah, He's not even at full speed. He's going to continue to get better and better. I mean, he's going to get back to that All-SEC first-team preseason ranking that he earned from his play last year. He's going to be in his national position. He, technically, he started his first game – Against Alabama because he technically he did start against uh, LSU, but that's because Evan Cambridge had COVID. he, right. he had to, he had to start. Um, so I'm not I'm not really concerned where Flanagan is at. I think he's progressing at a perfect pace. Yeah, he's got confidence now, and he, he I never th- I don't think he ever feared anything. He hasn't really hesitated on anything. Never. He trusts his leg. I
0: think he's I think he's fully healthy. Um, but to your point, I agree. I think it's been nice seeing him slowly getting back into his old ways each and every game. It's not like one game he's just going to bust out for you know, 20-plus points and 10 rebounds like we might have saw last year at one point. But you've seen him every game have a bigger and bigger role and do more and more things.
1: Well, and you talk about last year. I mean, it's a completely different dynamic. For you, sure. You don't have for Jabari sure. Smith. You don't have, have Sharif for half a year. Right. And I, you don't need Allen to go off for 20 points in a game. Now, with that being said, that might happen once or twice this year just because he's a good player. He can score. He has Depending range. Depending on whose night it is. Exactly. Yeah. And, that's, and that goes back to what I was talking about earlier. It's right. just it depends on what night it is. Right. It can be anyone on any given night.
0: Exactly. Completely agree. And, and that's going to kind of be the, the story for Auburn this season is going to be who's stepping up what game. I mean, we saw within the first few games this year against, you know, Louisiana Monroe, teams of that sort, We saw a KD Johnson that was just going out with his hair on fire. We saw a few games worth of a slump of him not playing up to that level. Thus, other guys stepping up. Wendell Green doesn't have such a great game. Jabari Smith steps up. Point being, it's going to be a different guy every night and it's next man up, and it's going to be, as Bruce Pearl says, stay right, or stay right, stay ready. Um, But yeah.
1: I think that's the best way to end it. Stay right, stay ready.
0: Stay right and stay ready. But stay ready for the other side of this break for the Alabama conversation from Tuesday night. Auburn goes into Coleman Coliseum, invades, and conquers. And we're back on the scoreboard for this spring semester worth of sports talk radio. Don't go anywhere. Weagle 91.1 FM. Thank you for tuning in to the scoreboard with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. You can find the scoreboard podcast on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find your podcasts.
1: Tuesday night, the Auburn family and the jungle made its trek to Auburn Arena West, or also known as Coleman Coliseum, where the Tigers defeated the Crimson Tide. 81-77, and what an atmosphere it was. Jacob Hillman, sitting alongside Bay March. We're joined by Jack Hart. Jack. Host of Compact Discourse, also on the Jungle Leadership Team with myself and Bay. And it was a blast in Tuscaloosa on Tuesday night because, I mean, mean, like I said, Auburn showed up. Yeah. On the floor and in the stands.
0: I'm going to be honest. It's going to be one of those segments here on the scoreboard where I don't really know where to begin with what part of the game was, was most impressive or most remarkable. Um, I guess let's start with the crowd. I mean, because that, awesome. that was a huge thing. You could hear it on TV. I mean, I would argue it was 65-35 or even 60-40. I was going aggressive. I was saying 70-30. No, I mean, that, I, that would mean I'm more aggressive.
1: Oh, okay, my bad. I'm
0: saying 60-bama, 40 all day. Yeah, I'm saying 70-30. 70 Bama, 30 Auburn. Yeah.
1: Okay. I think it, I think it was pretty. I think if that was a good good showing by Auburn. Like yeah, no, yeah, that way. That,
0: yeah, yeah. Point being, um, uh, the Auburn fans definitely showed up. Understood that Auburn Arena tickets are going to be hard to come by, especially for the, all the citizens in the Birmingham area. Um, and I mean, it's not just people showing up. I mean, especially where we were sitting. If you were watching on TV, where the student section was in the top right part of the court, we were directly across and up. And that's where the majority of Auburn fans were, but there was definitely orange and blue sprinkled throughout the entire airplane hangar, Um, and everybody was just loud
1: and energetic. It was insane. And another Bruce quote, witnesses. Yes. There were tons of witnesses for what happened Tuesday night, and that that was great to see, but – Jack, thank you for being here with us. Just you know, showing up here on this first week of classes. Yeah,
0: howdy, fellas. Um, you know, I was in the you made, Haley- you made
1: the travel with us.
0: I was in the Haley Center. I saw your Snapchat story that we were we were live flipping on the scoreboard on Thursday <laughs> afternoon. Back we were, at four, as we are wont to do here on WEGL, and yeah, as the as the third pillar of the Tigers who travel clan, as we have uh, so named ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we we were doing the crane kick at Coleman Coliseum on Tuesday night, so it was a. Uh, it was a sight to behold, and I was uh, really happy to it, uh, avenge uh, the trip Hillman and I went on uh, two years ago, spring 2020, uh, when when we were not so fortunate. So. Try,
1: I'm trying to think. I, I think I'm two and two in in Coleman Coliseum. I'm one and zero. Yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah. I'll just to start go going back. back. <laughs> go back. And no, maybe yeah. I'm the
0: counteract of the Hillman curse. <laughs>
1: that would be nice. That would yeah. be nice to figure out.
0: Because every time we've traveled together, I mean, the only times we've traveled together really is LSU for football. Or, we were at the same venue, yeah. and then Alabama basketball and Atlanta basketball against yes. Nebraska. three no uh were you at the Birmingham Bowl? Yes, we were uh, Yes, we, we sat together, yes. well, then Ryan, yeah, unfortunately yeah. oh well, maybe Not, nothing maybe could have saved basketball. that team maybe just basketball, basketball. yeah, we'll yeah. see, yeah uh but yes, as Jack mentioned, the tide got craned at Coleman as we <laughs> as it was invade Coleman, and then they got craned and conquered at Coleman. Uh, i mean the y- the the the, mon- the mentality evolved over the course of the night,
1: yes. We, we need to talk about the, the pettiness of this team a little bit.
0: I, let's just put it this way. If we were not Auburn students or Auburn fans, we would hate this team. Yeah, I agree with that. Personality-wise. I agree with that. I agree with that. I but agree. being an Auburn fan, it's, it's fun as all get out.
1: KD is my favorite person on the planet. Dylan's close second. Jabari's a close third. And I'll keep going down the line of the roster, but I won't. And it's just, I mean... They just love it. They have, they have a swagger love, about they, themselves. They have swag. They're having fun. And that's what matters. Yeah. I mean, it, and it's just even from from Alabama students, they've said, you know, like, you know, obviously they're not as happy with Jabari as he dropped 25, but they're like, Dylan's out there having fun. I can't hate him.
0: Yeah. Like, well, and the thing also, too, is like a big reason why the crane really happened was if you've been to an Auburn football game this year in 2021 or this past year it would be – you notice that the football players sit in the south end zone next to the Auburn Tunnel. Well, they sit there every game, and at the Iron Bowl, when that game was won by John Mechie over in the corner, that's where the Auburn players were in the Auburn student section, and they all craned right in front of Bruce Pearl's team. Thus for, I mean, they're going to do that at Coleman Coliseum when you beat them in a ranked matchup. Um, was pretty much explicitly stated in, in KD's IG Live, I believe. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. The where, basketball, where they at? Basketball teams got the football teams back. And, you know, things you love to see, that.
1: Well, Flanagan said it in his postgame presser, too. He said he literally said exactly. it in front of us. And, and here's the thing. Those football players, those Alabama football players, know who they are. Exactly. And it's funny because KD also, in his Instagram caption, tagged Alabama football and said... He so said, "We wanted to show you all our moves. I guess y'all stayed in the dorms yeah. tonight. Of course, that's following up the national championship loss. We'll get into that uh, later on. But man, savage I, moments only. Even I mean, man, if this team wasn't on a 12 game winning streak, I'd still love them to. do oh, yeah, how they're how they're carrying themselves with confidence and swagger, like you said, it's it's awesome to watch.
0: Well, and speaking of the 12 game winning
1: streak, the 12th game in Coleman Tuesday night. Let's go ahead and get into that. 81 to 77." Auburn went up big and then gave it up in a big way, but nonetheless, Alan Flanagan nailed four free throws in the final, I think, like 58 seconds yeah. to clinch the win. Dylan Cardwell had the game-stealing block uh, on a three-point shot, and that that was all she wrote. Yeah. It was a fantastic way for Auburn to get a big win in Colton Coliseum.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think a big thing, too, also was Auburn's bench outscoring Alabama's bench, and that's solely due to Wendell Green Jr. <laughs> dropping 19. Um, but I think the biggest thing, like you mentioned, was in a hot... I want to call it hot. For that game, it was hostile. I, not normally that hostile, but that was such a huge game. In an environment that was so hostile the way it was, for Auburn to lose that 14-point lead that deep into the game and still show fight and still showing some battle and character, that speaks insurmountable volumes Especially with the length of how far the season should go,
1: right? And I think what we just talked about with with how how funny they are, how fun they are off the court in a way. I mean, it, they bring it on the court as well. But it, that confidence just comes on when they're playing. Yeah, that, like you said, the character is w- such a big moment. I think that fourteen nothing run by Alabama was a huge character builder for this team. Yeah, for sure. You didn't have Walker Kessler out there, but you had the rest of the starting f- starting five, and then Dylan Carwell out there, that's huge just to survive that and win that game.
0: And I think somebody, one of the players made a comment post-game. Somebody might have asked him a question about that, and somebody said something to the effect of, we didn't flinch or "Like mm. we, we just stayed calm. Um, that's huge for a team that's going to be going into other hostile environments in SEC play, going to be playing in big games in March, hopefully. Um, so for me, that's my biggest takeaway from the game is, Auburn not getting too high or too low besides that run because first half, it really seemed like in this game in, in its entirety, I'll back up, is that every possession mattered. I said that to you earlier in the bullpen, and I'm sure it felt the same way for Jack, was just every single possession in this game felt like it was going to matter in the long run. It was going to be that close.
1: I mean, in a way, it, I mean, it kind of does because the, the final four points, the four deciding points were on fouls yeah. at the end of the game. Yeah. So it would have been a different... It had Auburn made an extra basket or Alabama done that as yeah. well. So th- I completely agree with that. And looking individually, Jabari Smith, 25 points on 8 for 14 shooting, 3 for 6 from 3, 7 rebounds, 4 blocks, turned the ball over only twice, and he had two steals. Yeah. I mean, he was everywhere,
0: especially what in the first half.
1: Yeah. Looked like the number one overall pick for sure.
0: Yeah, especially in the first half. Uh, I think he had 18 in the first half or 20. Um, So, without a doubt, cooled off a little bit in the second half, but his presence was still felt. He just, like you said, you can't say it any better, looked like a number one overall pick. Jimmy Dykes on the call really breaks down his game well, if you are able to go back and listen to that. Um, But, I mean, he breaks down how he's got such great perimeter defense. Bruce Pearl said he's probably got the best pull-up jumper he's ever coached. He just has such a high basketball IQ. It's hard not to mention him with him being a top, maybe two or three draft picks at the lowest.
1: I can't remember the last player Auburn's had where they pull up from 20 feet just inside the three-point line, and I know it's going in every time.
0: The only comparison you could make would be when Chuma got really hot yeah. in March Madness, but it wasn't with
1: – it just wasn't the same. It wasn't. Chuma was great, without a doubt. Right. First-round pick, but this kid is yeah. different. Chibari's different. He's different, and, I mean, <laughs> he's a freshman. Yeah. Chuma was a junior. Yeah. No, he was, he sophomore. was a sophomore. But, yeah. Still, the point is, is this is the beginning of SEC play. This isn't deep into the run. He's comfortable. He's been comfortable. Yeah, he's been comfortable. Since it took he was him a few games.
0: It took a few games when the season started for him to get acclimated to the collegiate, you know, experience. But
1: I think the UConn game was. He played good that game, but he's still improved since then. Yeah, it's great to see.
0: One thing that i really like to point out about the game, we talked about him in the first segment, uh, was Dylan Cardwell having to come in off the bench. Nothing super shiny about his stats. Six points, six boards, four blocks, though. Uh, he really stepped up in the absence of Walker Kessler. Walker only finishing with two points and two rebounds, um, obviously with him fouling out. And that, to me, is something very valuable that we're going to be able to take away, or Auburn's going to be able to take away from the game, is Dylan stepping up in big-time SEC minute plays, and him playing with such a maturity and confidence about him, and like you said, Mm -hmm. he's out there playing loose and having fun. Um, So there's nothing uptight about him. Him stepping up and making big plays and being a presence there on the inside was huge for Auburn. Uh, Tuesday night yeah and when Walker's off the floor it leaves such a vacuum considering how well this team functions around the big guy like that Mm -hmm. and the way that Dylan is able to come in and not play exactly like Walker but mesh in with the other guys and produce effective basketball without being the same type of player that that's what you like to see in a tournament team for sure you like to see that seamless transition between starting and bench players different styles of big man even yeah exactly I, I couldn't agree more Um, Yeah, so one one point I wanted to make about this game and kind of a a what-if thing, uh, a big improvement, I think, from the Florida to the Alabama game is uh, the poise that the team showed at the end of the first half. Um, If you'll remember back to the Florida game at home, um, Auburn's up big pretty much the entire first half, and things things get a little um, not out of control. They were still up nine at halftime, I believe. But uh, it, 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 it could have been and should have been a lot more, right. in the opinion, of a lot of Auburn fans uh, right there at, at the first buzzer. And I think going over to Tuscaloosa, you had a similar situation where Auburn is able to pull ahead a little bit, I think maybe stretch the lead to 11 at some point in the first half, but um, was able, Bama cut it down to, I believe, three, two or three, one position. And, uh, but Auburn was able to, you know, stay cool, this is probably as loudest as Coleman has gotten so far in the evening and uh, make, make a clutch shot to make it 40-35 to 35 at the break. And I think if that doesn't happen, that run that Bama goes on in the second half following Auburn's run uh, that that could be catastrophe if you don't have that five five point cushion there at the halftime. For sure, that's something that a lot of people probably don't even think about. Considering they were back to back games, but they feel like they were weeks apart. Honestly, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah, that that I think with this team, games are starting to feel a little bit further apart than it usually does, just because they're so good and you just really want to watch them. But he's right. It, it was uh, Auburn went from up thirteen to up nine in just a few seconds. Yeah, so. I think that is a key thing because you don't ever want to go in the locker room down and not down, but like on something with a right. positive for the other team. Right. And Florida came back and they almost they had a good chance. Yeah. So it it was it was uh, a difference in the game that Auburn goes in the locker room with a positive.
0: And I think another thing that uh it, it's it kind of goes without saying if you watch the game, but one quick thing I'll add for the break is some people had questions especially on the ESPN broadcast Tuesday night, about the guard position for Auburn. As Auburn fans, we don't really sit there and assess that position because we've seen what that position can do. Of course, But for people like ESPN or for people that are watching on the national stage and only see the Walker Kesslers and Jabari Smiths, they have that question too. Seeing Wendell Green in that game, coming off the bench, 19 points, 4 assists, 3 steals, making huge shots, I mean from D3s, like 7 or 8 feet behind the 3-point line, I mean, that's got to put some comfort in your
1: heart if you're wanting to bet on this Auburn team come March. The number four Auburn Tigers beat Alabama 81-77 in Tuscaloosa. They head to Oxford on Saturday. That's a big one. Now, of course, this team's going to lose at some point, but we'll, we'll, we'll see when it is and we'll see how they rebound, but we hope it's not this Saturday. On the other side of this break, we've got college football playoff recap. Stay tuned to the scoreboard. On WEGL 91.1 FM. We're already halfway done with the scoreboard on Weagle 91.1 FM. You can find more Weagle content at WeagleFM.com or on social media at Weagle underscore AU.
0: And welcome back into the scoreboard, WEGL 91.1 FM. Or if you're streaming live on WeagleFM.com, we thank you for joining Bay, Marks, and Jacob Hillman. Joined today by Jack Hart, heard us over in the Haley Center on Auburn University's campus. So if you hear us, let us know on Twitter or Instagram or. bust right into the uh, studio or bust oh. into the studio yeah, Come yeah, on I don't that know. doors
1: unlocked yeah i thought you were gonna say that i was like maybe not that far but hey let us know let yeah, us know. Let let
0: call us, in yeah call in 334-844-9345 334-844-9345 if you missed our segment about auburn basketball don't fret you can either go back and listen to today's recording or tonight at zoner 6 p.m start time the auburn sports network with Andy Burcham and Brad Law, we'll have special guests Bruce Pearl and other special guests tonight out, uh, on their show over at Zoners off West Glenn. Um, so just in case you want to know about that, there's also a chance to win four free Auburn University men's basketball tickets from what I heard on the Jungle social media page. And that
1: does that does sound correct. I can't confirm So, no uh, suspicions.
0: Yeah, so uh, that is tonight, Tiger Talk, 6 p.m. live on the Auburn Sports Network or live from Zoners if you would like to watch in person. That's where it will be. Getting into the second half of today's show, we will be getting into the college football playoff as well as the NFL playoffs, and I think it's safe to say we might as well just go ahead and get into the championship game here, considering how the semifinals went. Alabama and Georgia both handling Cincinnati and Michigan respectively pretty well. So going into the championship game this past Monday night, the 3C Georgia in the rematch with number one Alabama. In Indianapolis, an unfamiliar territory for these Southeastern Conference foes who faced off early in December, Alabama, taking the SEC championship from Georgia and Georgia flips the script, wins their first natty in forty one years and wins thirty three to eighteen for their first title in a long time.
1: We'll go ahead and get past the the sadness that we were experiencing with well that, either
0: way, it's a sad deal.
1: But we that. have
0: basketball to make up
1: for it. point being point being. we'll analyze the game. We'll do it objectively and. Really, it was a pretty boring game leading up to the fourth quarter. Yeah. But that fourth quarter got a little wacky.
0: Yeah, it did. I, I said that to the people I was watching the game with. I was like, I don't think I've ever remembered a game this boring for a national championship.
1: Recently, that is. I mean, other than the Clemson-Alabama blowout. Yeah. That was boring. Yeah, that other, was. Yeah, that
0: was a fun boring. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I guess. The, I I agree. I agree. Other might not. If it's not a blowout, I agree. Like, not counting the blowouts, I agree with that completely. And really, I think the difference in this game was the running game. Yeah, L- for look sure. Look what Alabama did. For I b- sure.
0: I believe Georgia averaged um, a full yard per carry more than they did in the SEC championship game.
1: Which wow. Which is I mean. 4.7 yards per carry in this game. Uh, James Cook obviously had a 67-yarder, and it- it's – you look at the Alabama side, 1.1 yard per carry, but that's including Bryce Young's sack yardage. That doesn't – you can't really count that. But Brian Robinson only averaged 3.1 yards per carry. His longest run was 16 yards, whereas in the SEC Championship, Alabama had tons of runs of more than 10 yards. They weren't able to really get it going with a running game even on if, Monday.
0: Even if you take out Bryce Young's sack yardage, Georgia still nearly doubles what Alabama puts on the a- ground.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: but – of course, that's made up in the air through Bryce Young, who threw for nearly <laughs> 60 times, 35 of 57 for 369, one touchdown, two interceptions. Of course, the biggest one being the pick six to put a fork in it at the end. Um, I, it's wild that Bryce is going to be coming back. It, it's it's very strange to think about, and I was about to say the same thing. Um, it's it'll be interesting to watch how he rebounds because yeah, think about it—he's a true sophomore, sat behind Mac Jones, who's currently yeah. leading a team in a playoff race, or in a playoff battle. Uh, these next few weeks, um, and he's going to be coming back after a Heisman season, losing in the natty against a team that Alabama is very familiar with, and quite frankly, losing to a former walk-on. I mean, that, that can't feel good at all. I either. may be missing something obvious here, but when's the last time we saw a Bama quarterback play back-to-back two full seasons? uh, to, to, uh, uh, so uh Well, he yeah. got he got hurt at the end of 2019. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. okay. I mean... Cause, mm. I mean, it feels like... Maybe Jalen Hurts, he had his freshman year and they went to the Natty and lost to Clemson. Then his sophomore year, he got pulled against Georgia... Or no, got pulled in the Natty for Tua, and yep. they lost to Auburn. So if you count that as a full season, yeah. then that—I mean, point being, yeah. I mean, going back to McCarran, you've got just yeah, new guy every every. This is
1: different. This is the Heisman Trophy winner right. returning. I mean, yeah,
0: it, it's it's really different from what we're used to seeing at Alabama, and I mean, I think you can say that about pretty much every aspect of this team. Uh, even from what we started with in September, uh, it's yeah. a pretty green team that Nick Saban carried all the way to uh, national championship game, which is pretty commendable in my opinion. It's it is it is rather foreign to think about a. a a guy coming back at Alabama to play quarterback for another year. And I guess that is just because they have had it lined up like that. Um, or it's just been a, you know, unusual set of circumstances. For sure. <laughs> for sure. As, as it tends to be. But uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how Nick Saban reloads. Um, of course, whenever Alabama doesn't win the national championship, the narrative becomes the dynasty is over. We've seen that happen multiple times before. And that does not happen. No. The, real, the better question is, does this start a dynasty for Georgia?
1: Yeah, I think that is a good question. And... I was actually asked about this earlier this week, and I compare this to Clemson earlier okay. in the 2010s mm-hmm. because everyone talked about how Georgia can, can't win it all. They choke Clemsoning. Remember when that was a thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Chris blew it. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Pitt never bet against Pitt mm-hmm. except in the Peach Bowl against Michigan State. <laughs> for but sure. I really do think that this isn't going to turn into a Clemson like dynasty. That was a good, that was a great run for Clemson. But it's going to be similar and it's going to look like it a lot uh, with, with Kirby, the way he is coaching things up, the way he's recruiting. Mm-hmm. Now, how many championships will they win? I don't know. They're still I,
0: Georgia. Keep that in mind. Yeah,
1: I just, but you could have said that about Clemson and they were losing because they were losing to Al- Alabama, was beating them. So
0: uh, I'd like to think the way that this might pan out is um, I mean, we all know Kirby's a heck of a recruiter. I mean, that, there's no doubt in my mind. He has one of the top classes every year since he's been there. Um, he's been consistently in the playoff hunt or a New Year's Six bowl. I like the comparison to Clemson, but I think it's going to be better. I think they might win another natty or two uh, while Kirby's there. Kirby's going to be there for at least another decade. Well, I, I, I suspect. Yeah,
1: yeah. With, with Kirby's there for a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think within that time frame, they they win a couple more.
1: Well, because think about this: When does Coach Saban retire? Yeah.
0: after that happens that's the domino effect that might just go ahead and reset the playing field
1: that is a good point because I'm thinking about from that aspect where whenever Alabama's gonna get whoever they want as head coach after Nick Saban leaves you would think I mean would anyone turn that job down no yeah I mean absolutely not because they're gonna throw however much money they need to facilities, whoever they want yeah now the thing that does come with that is the expectations yeah having those high expectations is not gonna be fun but I still think anyone in the country takes that job.
0: Yeah. But um, yeah.
1: what is Kirby Smart going to lose whenever Nick Saban? Because could they go after – who knows who's going to rise up as the next great offensive or defensive coordinator at Georgia.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, landing, leaving, that's going to hurt. I mean, they obviously have Muschamp on staff, so who knows? He may receive
1: a promotion. Mm-hmm. Will Muschamp next Alabama head coach after Nick Saban? Confirmed. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think yeah. that's going to happen.
0: Oh uh, Yeah, I mean, what what I think is hopefully if we can take – a positive thing away for this, uh, just as college football fans, uh, that this Georgia National Championship is hopefully opening the door for more parity in the system because of the way that Georgia has, uh, follow me here, has done the bl- blueprint of, a lot of people have tried to take a Saban coordinator and hob- hobble together a Saban-esque program, but I think Georgia is the first team to ever to since uh, to do that and push all their chips in. They've yeah. given Kirby, he, he came in with a you know a checklist of everything that he got at Alabama. He you know said, Georgia, if you want to get that national championship, I'm going to need all this. And I think Georgia's the first team to go all in on that. We may be seeing that with, with A&M. We'll see in the next few years. But yeah. I think if you can take one argument towards parity out of this situation where we have Alabama go down, is that hopefully we'll see more athletic departments see that. Hey, if you if you tick all the boxes, you got to foot the bill. But you know, championships do emerge. Yeah, that narrative was not killed on uh, on Monday like it could have been. Yeah, and I think that's something that's interesting to point out is Kirby's really been the first one to do that because he was there for so long. He understands the way the way Nick thinks, the way the system should be to be consistently that good. And I like how you point out Jimbo because that's been a big question mark. Is he's consistently gotten a top three? Uh, recruiting class, I believe the one this year might be number one After in some rankings, game. yeah. Um, and he has yet to do anything with it, and he's one of, if not the highest-paid coaches in college football right now.
1: They have, Texas A&M has the most money in yeah. college football to yeah. use on athletics. Yeah,
0: so point being, it's it's going to be hard to say that Kirby Smart's not going to end up being a 2.0 of Sabin at Georgia. I mean, especially it being his alma mater, especially with the pool of players that are coming out of that state and even in the state below it's a tough time to be an Auburn football fan yeah. um to say the least
1: yeah and and the thing is is we've seen it before even in, in 2012 think about it when Auburn went three and nine and Alabama Georgia men the SEC championship of course that Auburn I don't think Georgia winning a national championship was on the top of everyone's minds at that point, obviously, if Georgia had won that SEC championship, they would have been in the national championship. Safe to say, they probably would have beat Notre Dame. Yep. Yeah, but the point is, is look what happened the next season. Auburn goes thirteen and one and comes thirteen seconds short of the national championship. Now the issue is, how do they keep going? And of yeah. course, this year you got to respond. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be that. You don't have to have a kick six or a miracle in Jordan-Hare in the SEC Championship, but be competitive.
0: Yeah, 2017. Auburn nearly made the college football playoff. I mean, they started the season out slow with a uh, close loss to Clemson and a heartbreaking loss in
1: Baton Rouge, but they competed. and They, I, beat, they beat two number ones at home. And look, I say be competitive. They, Auburn already did that. Yeah. You go to four overtimes with Alabama this year, that's good. Yeah. And that's a good Auburn is a, I,
0: I've I've said it for a while, and I'll continue to say as long as I live, I, I truly believe Auburn is the only team in the nation that is not scared to play either one of those teams on any given year. You're right. Not a chance, especially if it's a home game. Now, a road game, I mean, they're not going to be scared, but you're still at a disadvantage.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a much different win. It, I think it's more about the fan base. Yeah, I think you sure. look at it from that aspect. When Georgia and Alabama come to Auburn, I mean, Jordan-Hare, there's no, there's no tougher place to play in the country than Jordan-Hare Against Alabama and Georgia for sure. Now there's arguments, obviously, when Auburn's not playing for sure. Alabama, Georgia, but like but you I, can't, I find it hard yeah. to believe. Yeah, for I sure. Think this
0: season pretty much confirmed that. Yeah. yeah, this yeah, with as bad as Auburn was and the so way they played, Moved the UGA game back to November and give us Amen Corner. Amen Corner was a heck of a way to finish out our schedule. I kind of miss it, but I understand why it was moved. It helps Auburn,
1: yes. so I'm okay with it.
0: On the other side of the break. We will be getting into the NFL playoff discussion and wrapping up today's show here on the scoreboard. Weagle 91.1 FM with Bay Mark, Jacob Hillman, and today's special guest Jack Hart. Do not go anywhere and miss the playoff conversation here
1: on the scoreboard. One more segment before we turn off the scoreboard for the day. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the scoreboard with Bay Marks and Jacob Hellman. We hope you have enjoyed listening.
0: You can listen to us every Thursday at 2 p.m. on WEGL 91.1 FM or at WEGLFM.com.
1: Welcome back into the scoreboard on WEGL 91.1 FM or WeagleFM.com. Final 15 minutes of the show. I'm Jacob Hellman sitting alongside Bay Marks. Jack Hart. In studio as well, so we talked about our travels to the other side of the state. Jack got past security earlier. Oh yeah. In case anybody's wondering why he's here, Auburn Arena West. Yeah,
0: it's because I didn't have <laughs> any stick shakers. <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid rule! Stick shakers not prevent uh, permitted at the pavilion, folks. So if you're heading there on Saturday, good point. Snap them
1: off. Good or, reminder. Uh, leave them at home. Well, get get the claps going. Live Auburn sports going on right now. Auburn women's basketball is in Gainesville. They tipped off. About 45 minutes ago, but they are at halftime now, trailing by seven. Still searching for that first SEC win, but I've liked what I've seen from Coach J so far. So we'll see if Auburn can battle back in the final 20 minutes of play. But while they do that, we are going to look at the wild card weekend in the NFL. And I'll say the last month the NFL has been a little crazy. That that AFC playoff race was um, wild to watch. that,
0: That Sunday, I can't remember if it was week 15 or 16, uh, with the AB uh, thing, uh, <laughs> FedEx Field falling apart, right? Uh, all the, the craziness that they feel like the NFL have been lacking, I think, <laughs> uh, between you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this, I think it's safe to say the season kind of took a slump there, yeah. But all that NFL craziness we love to see all came back with a vengeance for the past two weeks of the NFL, so uh, it has gotten me really fired up for the playoffs. Well,
1: and, I think, I think that always happens. Because they start putting games on Saturdays, and you got multiple games on Thursdays, like mm-hmm. more and, eyes. And then the one, the one o'clock to three o'clock window, you're banking all on all these sub 500 teams to do crazy things, and mm-hmm. they, they just never do.
0: But um, and initially, also looking at the playoffs right now, um, the, the first round, at least with the wild card weekend, I think the AFC has a slight edge, in my opinion, over more interesting games initially. Oh yeah, right. in the NFC matchup, well, I, I, I think Eagles the playoffs. Two, <laughs> two of those AFC games are like just. So juicy for, I don't know. I
1: hate that the two Saturday games are on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, I've got college basketball to watch, and I'm going to be missing some great, whatever. Let's talk about them. Let's start on Saturday. The afternoon matchup. Bengals-Raiders. Welcome to the jungle, to the Las Vegas Raiders. Who
0: day? Welcome to 1991, when the last time the (laughs) Cincinnati Bengals won a playoff game. Or if you want to make it 2002, the last time the... Raiders want a playoff game. So, Someone's either way, so we're going back in time. It, it's hard to pick this game for two reasons. One, the Bengals with their offense and Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Two, despite the amount of crazy things that have happened with the Raiders this season, they still have some. They find a way. Yeah, they find a way with Derek Carr and Daniel Carlson. Daniel, yes, who has won half their games yeah. alone. Um, so, I don't know. It's going to be tough to pick this game, but for me personally, I really like the Bengals. I think they had too. too much momentum. I know that the Raiders... Also, I would have really liked to see the Raiders kneel that one out in overtime, which I think they were going, they were going to, to. And then they, uh, the Chargers called timeout.
1: I, that was coaching malpractice.
0: Yeah, it was bad.
1: It was terrible. I he can't even remember the coach's name.
0: Time outed hardest. themselves out of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so.
1: they literally had a shot of Justin Herbert saying, man, I've never pulled for a tie so hard in my life, and then it cuts to the coach calling timeout.
0: Wow, that's a pretty complicated sentence to, to lip read.
1: Oh, no, he says it. Okay. He says it, I promise. Yeah. And, I mean, it's unreal. But It's unreal. That
0: that, that, that was my problem with that game. I'm glad Daniel won it for them, but I would have really liked to see the mayhem of, of Steelers getting in. Or, no. Um, Steelers not getting Steelers in. Steelers not getting in, but them two also kneeling the ball out over time. Anyways. The, well, the best reaction to that was, was Mike Tomlin saying that he just went to sleep and did not care, <laughs> as he is watching, we, we, we do not care. We do not care.
1: Well, I agree with Bay. Bengals, I think, get it done, especially at home. Like you said, I mean, the Bengals just – they're going to be excited. They've got the momentum. They're itching for it. And I, mean, I think the Raiders are not that good of a team. I just think that they've they really have. They've just found a way. Build them themselves. Yeah, it just runs out. Yeah, it's going to run out. At some yeah, point. I agree. So they're either going to lose in the wild card round or they might make it to the Super Bowl. I don't know which one it is. It's gonna, all or nothing. Yeah, you're right. I
0: right. like to think Daniel Carlson has his uh, cleats. Uh, nailed to the wall in his room, like Willie Mays Hayes for yes, Major yes. League, every, for all, for every all, his, all his game winners. Every time he steals a base, he nails a, his batting gloves that he has on to the really? wall. Yeah, so that's the reference he's that's making. That's funny. Yeah, uh, yeah I'd, uh, I've been rocking with, with Joe Burrow as my fantasy quarterback all season. So it's a good I, pick. You know what?
1: Uh, yeah, all in on, on, on occasion. Saturday night football in Buffalo, a, pre- a predicted temperature of 4 degrees I don't know if it's going to snow. It it says it's going to be clear. Or the the
0: wind situation. We'll see. The wind situation. It's It's going to be zero degrees Fahrenheit.
1: it's going to be cold. Cold, cold, cold. So the last time it was cold and windy in Buffalo, the Patriots came out on top with Mac Jones throwing like like, three passes. Yeah,
0: yeah, like not even a handful of passes. Mm -hmm. So So if Belichick comes out wearing a Navy mask, as he did before that (laughs) game, you will know to uh, keep it on the ground.
1: Well, I'm going to go with Buffalo. I don't, I, think, I don't think history repeats itself. I like Josh Allen. I think that he has a chance. I think the Bills make the AFC championship. I'm not on board with saying they're going to the Super Bowl yet, but I, I, I like my chances with Buffalo.
0: I like them too. I think, I think they're going to beat the Patriots uh, for the best of three series this season, and I also think they'll probably advance to the title game for the AFC. Um, it's just tough because of the last time, the conditions were nearly identical. It didn't go their way. But the way that they played against the Patriots in Foxborough, I really like what I saw out of Buffalo and Josh Allen. So I like them. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's hard to, especially the Patriots seem like they've kind of been overextending themselves to have as good of a season as they've had. And I think that that tank runs out uh, when they travel up for sure, sure to nor- upstate New York. I think they played better than they really were. Absolutely. Yeah. M- much like Alabama this year, they played well above <laughs> their pay grade. Yes.
1: Notable, for obvious reasons, this is the cheapest ticket in the wild card round. Uh, $25 is the lowest price there. Other than that, it's on Monday night, which Monday night. First time ever. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's go pretty quickly to start off Sunday because I think we know what we're picking here. Bucks Eagles, in Tampa. We know who we're picking. Uh, Now, is this still Tom Brady's year? Is it Uh, going to happen again?
0: It's going to be tough without a weapon of Antonio Brown. Um, so I'm going to say no. Um, but I do think that they uh, get the job done against the Eagles. I don't think they get that much farther due to who they play in the next round. Um, but, <laughs> but they do get a win at home against Philadelphia.
1: I've, I've got the Bucks too. I've got them in the NFC Championship. <sighs> I don't know. To think we were like this... They don't play. Y'all.
0: You're a Green Bay stan when the playoffs come. When your team doesn't make it, is it is this Eagles game? Uh, is this a scrappy Eagles team? Will maybe see a low scoring game, or is this just a, a boat race for the for the Bucks? No, I think p- it's no be- pun intended. Well,
1: actually, I don't think the Packers will play the Bucks unless.
0: I'll talk about the Eagles game.
1: Well, I know, but I don't. The Packers went. Oh, just, they would
0: play the winner of the Cardinals Rams. You're right. I'm sorry.
1: It might not be the. It's the lowest. It's the lowest seed oh. remaining. Oh, okay. So theoretically, if the Eagles beat the Bucks, y'all get the Eagles.
0: Well, to answer Jack's question, I think it's going to be similar to how they played earlier this year. Uh, Tampa Bay went up to Philadelphia. Oh, um, they kind of started out really strong, and they just kind of never gave up a lead. I th- I think it's going to be similar. I think they get out to a two score lead, and they just don't give it up. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's pulling at me on this one, but you know, I, I see this going a lot like the um. Uh, team redacted first round game uh, last last year for for Tom Brady. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously you don't have Tyler Heineke lining up against you. Playoff Heineke, as we know, but, but yeah, Jalen Hurts. But I mean, I don't know. Jalen Hurts has been scrappy well, at times, so I, I I just don't I don't see Tom Brady, uh, you know, hanging hanging forty on these guys. I think it, it might be a, a a bit of a scrap. Real quick before we move on, I forgot who it was on TikTok, but it was uh somebody compared Jalen Hurts' stats to Lamar Jackson's at the same point in his career. Statistically, Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. Is he a better running back though? He is better rushing uh, stats. Yeah. So
1: naturally, I I would I will say long term, I might take Jalen Hurts over Lamar Jackson. I think I think I'll make that decision after next year. Yeah, but but that's just interesting. Moving on to the afternoon window, this is going to be the most watched playoff game of probably the seas of the year. I mean other than the Super Bowl, but. Maybe not. I don't know. Cowboys, 49ers. This is an old-time rivalry. Yep, for sure. Unfortunately, no T.O.
0: A lot of big matchups back in the 20th century between these two teams. I like the Cowboys. Um, It's going to be tough for me to pick them, though, the way the 49ers closed the season out with that second-half fight against the Rams. Um, But I still really like what I've seen from the Cowboys all year. So, for me, it's simple. Dallas, how about them Cowboys?
1: I hate picking against Debo Samuel, but I'm okay with picking against Jimmy Garoppolo, so Cowboys. I,
0: I know two stats that have, you know, stuck way out for me in this one is that uh, Jimmy G, I think, is 2-6 and six when uh, he throws an interception. And uh, Trevon Diggs is That's, coming for that yeah. record, so I don't know. I think it might be a, I mean, a rough day for Jimmy G.
1: Okay, well, we're on board with that one. It, it That was only a three-point favor. I thought maybe that'd be a little leaning towards Dallas, but... Could the,
0: I think this one could be very low scoring as well.
1: How quickly, how good of a chance does Dallas have this year? I, I
0: wouldn't put it past them to make it to the okay. Super Bowl.
1: Okay. I'm I'm with you there. Go I don't
0: on. I don't like them coming out of the conference championship game.
1: I think because I was on them earlier in the season, I think midseason, I was like, man, Cowboys look
0: for well, legit. Yeah, and just because what I've seen from Kellen Moore and their offense and the way he calls a game, I wouldn't put it past them to make it to the Super
1: Bowl. I need to see Zeke and Pollard just. Do their thing as a duo, yeah. and then I'll really commit to it. Yeah, Steelers Chiefs Sunday night football. Arrowhead's gonna be rocking. Who we got?
0: Well, just credit to Mike Tomlin, still has never had a losing record in Pitt or in Pittsburgh. True, um,
1: he doesn't have very many. He doesn't lose a lot.
0: He does not. Um, this will be Big Ben's last game in the NFL. Yeah. Plain and simple. Uh, not if they win. <laughs> They're not going to win.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's
0: what everyone's been saying. They're not going. How many win. last games has this guy had? You, you don't put it on. Uh, <laughs> You don't put it past him to extend it one more.
1: <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is going to have a day. Yeah.
0: Baby he, Goat's going to have a good day. He's
1: going to have a day, and I think that's going to be the. It's going to catapult everyone to say the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl. I, I won't say it yet. They're just a. But I think they're my favorite.
0: They're a sleeping giant, especially the way they started this year off and everybody wrote them There's- off. I think. Their defense has improved so much. Uh yeah, I want to say first time in a long time. I don't want to throw out a year at the risk of being wrong, but uh we had all four, all the final four remake it to the playoffs from from the year prior. That's correct. And I would put it like a like a two thirds hedge that we time. that we get two repeats. Yeah, for sure.
1: Two repeats?
0: I mean, I, I don't know. I think it could I, I would put like, I think it could happen. I feel like a sixty percent chance we have that the I same think final the Bills four. make
1: it, but I'm not super confident in the Bills making it.
0: We were really confident last year about Buffalo getting past we Kansas were. City, but gosh, we'll see. Anyway,
1: all right, so we're on the Chiefs. We'll a move forward. on to Monday Night Football. Why are we playing a Monday Night Football playoff game? I'm sorry, this is ridiculous. More eyeballs. Will it be though? I, I'm not sure. I don't think it will be. I'm well. Besides point, let's pick the game. Cardinals, Rams. Rams are 12 and five. Cardinals are 11 and six. Cardinals had a terrible stretch. They were looking to be the one seed, and here they are. So. I'm gonna take, uh, I'm gonna take the Rams at home to be honest, because I just think that they kind of the Cardinals fell apart. I like the Rams as well. I think that they're gonna be a really
0: good team in the playoffs. I think the Cardinals are a one and done here. I don't know how much the uh, Rams are gonna. I don't like how the Rams have played when they've been down this year. So I, th- I think it, it might be the Cardinals in this one.
1: Well, we'll come back next week with divisional picks for the NFL playoffs, but that's gonna do it for us on the scoreboard today for Bay Mars. I'm Jacob Pillman. Jack Hart, join us as well. (laughs) We left the door unlocked just for you, Jack. So we'll be back next Thursday at 4 o'clock here on WEGL 91.1 FM or WeagleFM.com. You've been
0: listening to The Scoreboard on 91.1 Weagle with Bay Marks and Jacob Hillman. Listen every Thursday at 2 p.m. as Jacob and Bay cover all the happenings in sports. You can keep up with all the great shows on Weagle by streaming us on our website at weglfm.com
1: and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at wegl underscore au.